What is going on, Zinger Nation? We appreciate you for tuning in to the future of food, agriculture, and culinary innovation. And when I say innovation, I mean it. We've got a couple of great companies lined up. And, you know, I was telling my friends when I was talking about this webinar, how back in the day in college, I was talking about 3D printing. I invested in companies that were in the 3D printing space, but I was thinking about iPhones that I could make in my living room or different things. And now we've had 3D printing where organs have been made and some houses have been made as well. But today we're going to go ahead and talk to Eric Kaufman, who is a CEO and co-founder of Stakeholder Foods. And why did I bring up 3D printing? I'll let him tell us here in a second. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Zanai. Right. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Well, look, I've teased the folks in terms of 3D printing and what is it that your company does. So why don't you explain it for us very briefly on what is it that y'all do? So Stakeholder Foods is a pioneer in the 3D printing of the cultivated and plant-based meat. Um, we are currently traded in the NASDAQ, first company in the cultured meat sector that uh, uplisted to a stock exchange. And, uh, and we are among the leaders in this field. And the ticker on NASDAQ, by the way, is STKH. Uh, you mentioned that. Let's go and talk about how recently, just quite recently, you had an announcement with the first private sector commercialization deal valued at several million dollars. Give me a bit more insight under the hood about this deal. So in, in general, if we zoom out for a second, the whole cultivated meat industry was non-existent until a few years ago. And, uh, and everyone is trying to reach the point of, of, of revenues, of like commercializing yeah. their, their IP. I think that we are among the first ones that have uh, succeeded to commercialize our, our IP. And the deal with Viola Farm is super interesting and super exciting for us because it validated our technology. We've sold them our printer, our heavy duty printer, yeah. which has now already a capacity of hundreds of kilos per hour of printing plant-based meat in the beginning. In the, in the future, we will be able to integrate also hybrid products inside. And, and Viola Farms is the largest tofu producer in Israel and one of the leaders of alternative proteins. So it means that they checked us very thoroughly. We, under, we underwent a uh, very thorough uh, due diligence process, technical, uh, also financial, and the deal was signed. So super exciting for us. And now I believe, you know, you've continuously had news come out. So that's the one that we just talked about, the recent one. Then on January 25th, you announced the exercise of warrants for approximately $6.6 million in gross proceeds. How are you planning to use the money that you just got? So January 24, 25, uh, January, like last month, yes, not yeah, yeah. Uh, here. Um, so I think it's crucial for us in this very like challenging environment uh, to be well funded. And the exercise of these warrants, first of all, they they showcase trust in our in our share in our company in our activity, and it gives us quite a, a range of activity. Uh, so I don't see us for like raising funds in the near future. We don't, we don't, we don't need to. We are focusing uh, uh, mainly on like commercializing the IP right now, the technology. We are well-funded for the upcoming year. And then when it comes to, you've got the funds, we've talked about the technology in itself as well. Do you feel like you've got enough cash though on the balance sheet? Let's, you know, let's talk about debt. Let's get into the financials, financials a little bit. Let's talk about the balance sheet. Let's talk about if you have any debt and more importantly, what I'm sure our viewers want to know that are watching at home, do you need to raise cash further in the short term? 
So the answer regarding the debt is no. We don't have any debt in the company. Um, we are an R&D company, so we are not generating enough revenues uh, uh, yet. But this deal, as I said, it's like a super important milestone for us because we intend to broaden uh, our range and our uh, deal flow. Uh, we do not intend to raise any funds uh, in the near future. I'm sure that's something that our viewers and potential investors and investors already would love to know that. Now let's talk about catalysts. What are the upcoming catalysts that companies should be looking out for when I say companies in terms of anyone you're working with, but more specifically also our investors that they can kind of be looking out for? So there are a few. If we are looking at, at the Weiler deal, we, we published that we intend to finalize uh, uh, the integration by the end of this year, maybe beginning next year. Um, but that said, we are searching for additional deals in additional territories. Uh, the Asian territory is very interesting to us. Uh, Singapore, for example, which is like the first company that has allowed to sell cultivated meat, the super interesting territory for us. And we are focusing on trying to secure a deal there. Uh, we had the Emirates deal, with we, uh, which we've published a few months ago. Uh, hopefully we will see uh, also positive news that comes from there. Also very, very interesting territory, the, the whole uh, Gulf uh, area. Yeah. And the United States, the United States is our main uh, target uh, territory. Hopefully we will uh, we'll be able to facilitate also first deal in the United States in 2024. I was, you know, I, I would love if you wanted to sponsor like date night for me or something like that. And I can just go ahead and serve your food that's printed because I actually sent, I, you know, cause we've got a couple of minutes here. I went ahead and sent pictures from your website to a friend of mine. And she was like, oh my God, this looks delicious. And I was like, would you believe me if I told you this was printed? And it was just mind blowing. So I feel like you're such in the early stages of what this could possibly be. And especially in terms of if it helps save costs, because that's one of the biggest things is cost of goods and also cost of labor for restaurants. So I think this is definitely something that gets interesting. Let's talk about the United States. Are you concerned? Because I know I read when I was on your website when the investor releases about how you're working with the EU governments to go ahead and make sure that you're above board with everything and doing everything you need to do by the book. How's that process going? Let's talk about that with the EU, then we'll come back to the States. So uh, I think that the, there's a lot of noise lately about countries that are banning or potentially banning cultured meat. So cultured meat is non-existent anywhere. So it's like more of a populist, I think, uh, uh, say, but you cannot stop technology and you cannot stop progress. So um, it, it's funny what you said about your friend, because like I think that the best test for our technology is that we had one of the like the largest meat slaughterers in Israel come to our facility lately and I gave him to uh, we've like 3D printed him like our meat product and he tasted it. And that was the like the, the showcase for us to say, OK, if, if he says that it's not tasty, it's, it's irrelevant. And he was yeah. amazed. He said it's amazing. So I think that in the United States, we will see certain territories, maybe like certain countries that in the beginning will say, no, OK, we are banning it. And that said, the first products that we intend to print are fully plant based. So they're not cultured at all. Um, so it's something that can be sold. You have a lot of companies in, in the United States, very famous ones that are selling plant based uh, products. Our yeah. products are more advanced because they are printed. So texture wise, taste wise, they are better. And when the cultured meat uh, uh, products will enter the market, I believe that the majority of the states will allow it. Maybe in the beginning there will be challenges in some states, but 
but at the end you need to feed the people and there's not <laughs> enough meat meat today to feed yeah. like the global population so it's a no-brainer I mean, and you know, we've seen how expensive eggs are, right? It became a meme in the United States about how eggs used to be three bucks, but now you've got to save a paycheck to go ahead and get that under your belt itself as well. And I'm sorry if you already kind of lure tours this, but did you have an idea? And I don't want to quote you on it, but like, hey, are we looking for the entry in the United States later 2024, 25, 26? Any idea? I know you're still getting things figured out there. Um, I can say what I hope. So I, I yeah. hope to secure a deal maybe this year in the united states i believe that there will be possibly other deals that will will be prior to united states deal because we are active currently uh, we are very active in asia so hopefully we will see something coming from there uh, cannot guarantee anything but hopefully we'll see something for that but but we are uh, luring towards the united states that's where that's where we are traded that's the largest uh, uh consumer worldwide and 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 hopefully we will try to secure something in the near future, the United States. Well, I look forward to that. I would love to kind of see a taste test, kind of like you mentioned, right? I would love to do some content with y'all where it's like, hey, you have steak that people may enjoy. Um, and then you also have this steak that you guys are going to go ahead and print. And I, I'm just really excited about that. But before I let you go, though, any final thoughts on your end uh, that you want to share with our viewers? Any topics that I may not have brought up? I think that... Um... What's exciting for us at this point is that we are we have reached the point that we, we we begin to sell our products. We are not talking about future things, uh, more yeah. romantic descriptions. We are selling the heavy duty printers, which will print amazing products at an industrial scale, fully digital control, and and the tailoring of each product in the future, like the the possibilities are endless. So I'm very excited, like to to be the CEO of the company at this very exciting stage. And I believe that as the, the following years will be much more exciting because we will see more companies entering the market, more products entering the market. And the future is amazing. Well, I'm telling you what, again, when it comes to the US, I call dibs on any taste testing that you need us to do. I will happily do that for you. But thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is Eric Kaufman, who is the CEO and co-founder of Stakeholder Foods. Ticker on the NASDAQ is STKH. 3D printing. I've been saying it. Didn't think we'd go towards the food route, but it's fascinating, especially if he had someone come out who's been in the meat and food space, taste test, and is mind blown as well. I don't know. I'm, I, I might have to actually have a date night sponsored by them. But Let's go ahead and move on to another great conversation to go ahead and close out the webinar here. And that's going to be with Richard Wong, who is the CFO and interim CEO of AgriForce Growing Systems. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going, Richard? Thanks, Zunid. It's going it's well. Pleasure thank to you. You know, you and I had such great conversations when we were prepping for this webinar. I'm excited to have those conversations come to life here with our viewers as well. But before we get going, though, into the nitty gritty, give me a brief overview of what is it that your company does? So, you know, our vision is to transform farm family food every day, everywhere through bringing more nutritious food and improving food security and reducing food spoilage. And we do that basically through two primary products or product lines. One is for our Unthink flour, which is we have commercially developed. We have three SKUs for it. 
But more importantly, it has been proven and it's patented to provide more fiber, more protein, and less starches, and therefore less sugar or carbohydrates within an equivalent one cup of all-purpose flour. That's part one for Unthink. Our, our hydroxyl devices are bacteria-killing, VOC pathogen um, proven. Um, hydroxyls are chemical-free. They actually are in the atmosphere. It was discovered by NASA. And so these devices are basically taking what's outside in the uh, ozone layer and all around us where we breathe and replicating and um, producing hydroxyl radicals um, within a closed environment, a room, a greenhouse, yeah. you know, a food packing warehouse, those sorts of things. So we kind of like to say is that we're trying to do those two things. And when you're trying to combine them, though, I believe in your shareholders letter, you mentioned, and this was back in November, we continue to make meaningful progress in terms of technological enhancements, market penetration, and investments. That's a key word there for me. Improve food security, reduce food spoilage, and more nutritious food, all being in the same conversation in terms of what the world needs and is looking for. My biggest you know, question there is, you, you said you continue to make meaningful progress in terms of technology enhancements and investments as well. Talk to me about the investments that you have been making. So we've been investing by uh, signing up NDA partners, both for our Unthink food. So with B2B um, industrial um, and large regional bakeries that would use it as part of their ingredients. So it would be to replace some of the flour within their uh, recipes, whether it's a pancake mix, whether it's a crepe mix, whether it's, you know, a pizza dough, for instance. So those are, you know, we've signed up NDA partners and helping them get through the process of testing um, to lead to hopefully development of within their products. And that's from Unthink. And so with our hydroxyl devices, a similar situation. So we signed up Desico last second distributor for both food and CEA verticals. So you know, they have in turn um, signed up NDA customers to test it out, uh, both within the uh, food packing warehouses in produce and also in the CEA industry and also a beef and poultry uh, production facility. Let's talk so about that's your the kind of progress uh, in terms of trying to get to customers. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Let's go ahead and talk about your competitors uh, because you kind of briefly alluded to it, especially with the differences that you guys might have with them. What sets you apart from your competitors and you believe gives you the edge here? We take a different view on, for instance, food spoilage and improving food security. So the hydroxyl devices are meant to basically kill bacteria, which is a very common uh, problem. 
in um, food environments, whether it's a transport truck, whether it's a food packing warehouse, whether it's a food distribution warehouse, these and whether it's within a produce growing warehouse, um, we know uh, in speaking with the various designers um, of greenhouses, for instance, in the Netherlands, in our, you know, in our history, that mold is a typical issue for gabled greenhouses. It doesn't matter how new, how old, is that it's just the design of the A-frame and how um, air circulates and yeah. how expensive it is to actually move that continuously all the time. And so they can't at the end of the day. And so by those hydroxyl devices, if we can reduce food spoilage by killing bacteria before it's even getting onto a piece of fruit or a pepper or a cucumber, that reduces the odds dramatically of, you know, the rest of the mold or bacteria getting into the food, therefore you're saving it from going into a landfill and you're actually allowing that food to get to its end destination, a better chance of getting it to the end destination. You talked about reducing- Thereby reducing the cost of food. Yeah, that I mean, you kind Sorry, of brought it up. That's exactly, no, you're good. That's exactly where I was going in terms of, let's go ahead and see the reduced food spoilage and the food security goals. What are you hoping to achieve here? Well, I think that's it, is that it's a different way of looking at um, you know, combating inflation. If we can save more of our food, be, you know, from the crop to the grocery retailer, where it ends up eventually, you know, on yours and my, my kitchen table, that's a good thing, no matter what. So if we can just, you know, help that just a little bit, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a very large problem. And it's been identified um, both by Food Navigator and other publications which have done extensive studies on food spoilage. We talked and about for your... our unthink. So for instance, how are we different than our competitors, right? Yeah, go ahead. You can explain. What we're on that. saying is is that, you know, we yeah, we're we're, you know, we have pat it's been patented. It's been independently tested by third-party food labs that it does have more fiber. It does have more protein. But how we do it differently is that the starches or sugars are separated out due to our patented process. And so what that does is it more gently removes it and therefore the, the fiber, the protein, all the nutritional parts of the wheat berry are then separated out from the starch, which then leaves the natural sugar with the, with the, with the primary nutritional good things in wheat flour. We talked and about ultimately what that means is how we compare differently. Sorry, Zunaid, I just wanted to tell you one, one more thing about that sure. is that our flour is wheat goes in, wheat comes out. We don't add any gums. We don't add any oils. We don't add any um, other additives. And 
all you have to do is compare a nutritional label of, you know, leading alternative flours. A lot of them are keto right now. And you just have to look at the number of ingredients on their label versus what we would have on our label. Tell me about the progress that you've made since your statement in November, right? So what all have you kind of done since then that our viewers should know about? I, I kind of did hint on it. So we've signed up new NDA partners. We right. signed our first per, you know, order and delivery of our Tedesico, our first order of um, Agroforce RCS hydroxyl devices. Um, we continue to get um, more inquiries and looking to sign more uh, NDA customers um, because typically in both the those type of products, the, the testing is the biggest thing for those customers. They're not going to buy sight unseen. So they want to understand it. They want to understand, you know, what does it sound like? What does it look like? How does it, you know, uh, how does it look? in terms of uh, does it look like it's giving off any vapor or anything like that? So people are curious, right? And so um, so it just basically looks like a big steel box, either yeah. that's you know hung yeah. up on a wall or to be attached to your HVAC system or sitting on the floor. That's all it looks like at the end of the day. We're, you know, just about wrapping up this interview here. Is there anything else that you feel our investors should know about? The floor is kind of yours to discuss any topics that I didn't get a chance to bring up. Hey, I appreciate that, Zunaid. Um, look, I think that uh, I'd like to say is that we're working really hard. We're trying to, you know, advance both our Unthink flower, which is the most important piece for us because we did buy that IP. And we'd like to see it because commercially and through, you know, independent testing by food science centers, it's proven to be more nutritious. Now, you know, um, being a human and um, I'm unobjective maybe, but, you know, from a taste test, I think it tastes different than other keto flours, um, other all-purpose wheat flours. And so I think that, you know, for us, we're looking to sign up more and NDA partners. Um, we're looking to eventually turn those NDA partners for the hydroxyl devices into customers. We're looking for, for more distributors within North America and potentially other areas um, in the world. And for Unthink, we're looking for, you know, working hard to getting our first customer, but also continuing to sign up more NDA partners where we can help get the product tested. And which in my experience in the food industry has typically taken a year to get to an appointment with an R&D person. Um, that's an R&D person, not the person in charge of R&D. So we've managed to actually reduce that time to about six months. And now we're starting to have, and we've signed up those partners and we want to sign up more of them. That's our goal. Um, sure. I would also love to do an M&A transaction. And, you know, my hope is that we will, and we will continue to work on it, but I can't say anything that we have anything right now. Yeah, no, that makes perfect. what I'm trying to tell. Yeah, I think, I think that makes perfect sense, especially, I mean, waiting a year to get someone out 
but not even the decision maker. I mean, that's, that's quite a process. So you've got a lot more patience than I do, but Richard, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's great what you guys do. And I look forward to more conversations here in the future. Thanks a lot. Zunaid. Take Absolutely. care. Absolutely. You as well. And that was Richard Wong, who is the CFO and interim CEO of AgriForce Growing Systems. Ticker is A-G-R-I. And that pretty much wraps up our webinar here today, chat. I appreciate you guys for watching. Such great companies that are doing interesting, innovative things in the agriculture and culinary space. Uh, that about wraps it up for us. We'll see you back for a couple more shows that we've got coming up. But thank you for watching.